0: Hi guys, welcome to today's episode, episode 4 of Congruency. Today we have Gary here as our guest speaker. We have Anthony and myself. So once again, welcome to our podcast. We hope you get a lot of value out of it. Um, And I'm going to go straight ahead and ask Anthony to ask a few quick questions.
1: Hi guys, so um, how are you today, Gary? Um, I'm good, thank you. Great. So our first question is, what is Congruency or inauthenticity to you?
2: Well, congruency is having actions that are in, in line with what your personal goals are. And inauthenticity is just not being honest with yourself and with others.
1: Yeah. And what is the things you do at the moment with the majority of your time? This is an own moment.
2: <laughs> um, I, read, I read a lot and, um, of sort of technical type things spend a bit of time on the internet, go for exercise on my push bike, go out to social events and and at the moment I'm spending a fair bit of time
1: attending landmark things. So yeah, it's about so, it. so personal, development as yeah,
0: well. personal development.
1: Yeah, personal development. Great.
0: Awesome.
1: And how do you ensure you're living an authentic or congruent life? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was a good um, question today. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Um <laughs> Well, it's, only re- it's a bit difficult sometimes because we're really good at letting ourselves off when we're acting in an inauthentic manner and think, oh, it's only to myself so it doesn't matter. So you've just got to keep your attention on it and, you know, you're not always going to be perfect, but as long as you're striving towards improvement, that's probably the major thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And what do you notice when you're operating from a high level of congruency?
2: Things tend to happen when when everything is aligned and all your actions are in the one direction. That's when you actually get breakthroughs and, and stuff happens in your life. When you're not congruent, I mean, that's the equivalent of, oh, I want to lose weight, but um, I'm going to go out and have that chocolate ice cream for lunch. You know, I mean, that's the classic of being incongruent where, you know, your actions and your goals are just out of alignment. Yeah,
1: you're very misaligned and yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what has been your biggest challenge as a coaching environment? the coaching environment in, it. Oh, in the coaching environment sorry <laughs> okay
2: it can be really good and it can be really bad i mean when when you're the people you're coaching are going well you feel tremendous yeah. um as being part of of their change however when they're not going so good um <laughs> you're feeling that you're responsible i'm a crap coach why can't i teach them better why is why is this all happening and um Yes, it's a bit of a roller coaster, but a worthwhile roller coaster.
1: Brilliant,
0: awesome. So I'm going to go ahead and ask some questions now. What's been your biggest victory
2: in life? Okay, well, well, my biggest victory is not finished yet. I mean, it's an ongoing saga. I mean, I grew up with a, a lot of social. Um, I, I'm not good in social scenes, and I'm a lot better, um, and that's a, a big victory. But it's a continual path. Path, yeah, to to on that path to
0: self expression.
2: Self expression, yeah.
0: Beautiful. Excellent. So how do you address people um, with incongruent or inauthentic behaviours?
2: Depends who they are. I mean, there's no point just telling them they're incongruent because then that normally gets you on the wrong side of them. Um, (laughs) I suppose the thing is you've got to sort of see if you can assist them to actually come to that conclusion themselves. Yeah. Because things are always much more moving if, if, if it's you think, ah, oh, that's what I need to do rather than someone telling you what you need to do. So probably, yeah, assisting them to, 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 to find out things for themselves is probably the best thing I would suggest,
1: yeah.
0: That's a great one. Okay, so how do you see congruency plays a key role in the world, particularly in the area of, in the area of energy?
2: Well, at the moment I see there's a lot of incongruency there a lot of people are saying they want to improve the world and, and cut down on, on our CO2 production because the CO2 level in the atmosphere is the highest it's been for millions of years. Oh, it's incredibly concerning. and And everyone wants it changed, but no one wants to actually sacrifice anything to achieve it. I mean, we are living in an unsustainable thing. It's a bit like having a credit card and you just keep spending and spending money. Eventually, <laughs> eventually... You're going to have to bear the thing that, hey, I haven't got the money to pay this back. And that's what's happening with the environment. We're just using up all that it's got. And eventually there's going to come a day when we have to repay this debt. We're going to have to suffer a a probably a decrease in our lifestyle and standard of living to achieve this because we've just been living a lifestyle that really the earth can't support.
0: It's a bit concerning.
2: It is. It's
0: very concerning, actually. What kind of an impact does running incongruent, does having incongruent... Uh, employees have on a nuclear plant
2: well it could be a big bang I suppose that kind of an impact yeah um yeah I mean the danger with something engaging with something that's potentially quite dangerous if it's handled badly and I mean Chernobyl was a classic one of when people were doing stuff they weren't permitted to do and and through that there was a heap of radiation released and Great areas of around Chernobyl were irradiated, probably for the probably in the next thousand years or something. Um, it is incredibly bad. However, bearing that in mind, the Chernobyl was an incredibly old thing, and I'm sure that newer plants would have so many safeguards that if even if you did have that employee and they tried to do stupid things, that there would be safeguards and.
0: Hopefully, computers will kick in. <laughs> we have the technology.
1: Bit of a backup system.
2: Well, yeah. they have designed things now because the problem is. They turned off some cooling pumps and the, and the plant overheated and exploded, whereas they've now come up with technology where they embed the radioactive material in a, in a metal matrix and when it gets hot, the metal expands, which moves the uranium particles apart. And the further it moves apart, decreases its ability to create heat and therefore it can't, in theory... Explode. Explode or have a meltdown, yeah. it's
0: interesting. Yeah. Okay, so how can we save power as a collective? <laughs> We're putting it on you, Gary. I'm very sorry Uh, in advance.
2: (laughs) I think saving power is probably a good thing to do. But I think in the final analysis, most people are too selfish to Mm. to make a big impact. I mean, I think we really need to come up with a technology that allows us to have the power that we want, but is left less damaging to the environment. I mean, like we could cut down electricity usage enormously if everyone just had decided we will, we all have cold showers, but the reality is people aren't going to get up in the morning and have a cold shower. So to expect people to do that would be just a bit unrealistic.
0: We need to uh, have Wim Hof in charge of the, the power. <laughs>
2: He'll
0: have everyone showering in cold, freezing cold showers. It kills your ego. <laughs> How will saving power, that's the next question, I guess, how will saving power impact the life of our planet?
2: Well, saving power would would enormously, because so much of the ozone ozone depleting CO2 is is from generating power through coal-fired power stations, gas-fired power stations, burning fossil fuel in our cars. So any way that makes less of that or alternately renewables, what you need, where you can generate that power but at a much less devastating consequences for the environment that we live in. Solar energy is a great one. Unfortunately, without a way of adequately storing it, it's sort of not, never going to be a complete solution. I mean, places that are very mountainous use pumped hydro where they use solar energy to pump water up the mountain in the daytime and then in the nighttime they run it down through turbines to generate power overnight. Wow. And in spite of the fact that that sounds relatively old tech, it, its efficiency is actually not much worse than the latest and greatest batteries, et cetera. Wow. Um, which is great if you live in a in a place like... like New Zealand's got lots of high-altitude lakes, so it would work great there. But in Western Australia, where we live, where it's all pretty flat, no, it's not going to work We're here. screwed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, what's your best advice that you can give someone running an incongruent pattern right now? So they say they want one thing and they're actually going and doing the exact opposite, what kind of advice can you give?
2: Well, just look at your actions and say, these are the actions that someone would do to achieve what I want to do. And if they're not the actions, well, then you've got to look at it and come up with the actions that are more aligned with what you want to achieve. And sometimes that's difficult because what we need to do to achieve things
1: is quite often not what we want to do. Mm. So, yeah. And how can we elevate each other? By holding one another accountable to living an empowered, congruent life.
2: Well, just the fact of being accountable, I think, makes most people... um, And to be part of the solution where everyone's holding everyone else accountable, so that way when Mm. someone holds you accountable, you don't get upset because you realise this is all part of the scheme. And today I might be holding you accountable for something you've done and tomorrow you'll be holding me accountable, which makes it much more easy to take than if you just have some person who is... Perfect and they just hold everyone accountable <laughs> for everything. I mean that is just a bit of a dictatorship and it um, sounds like Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Done everything his way or else. Yeah. And what does success mean to you? Success to me is leading a happy life for myself and being able to influence other people to lead happy lives and and making a, a dint on the adverse things we're doing for the world in general. Mm. To um, Because, I mean, that's a very big thing is to leave a planet that's in better condition for our children and grandchildren than what we inherited. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the yeah. future generations That's good for them. That's right, because they don't have any say over anything. They're going to be born into a situation that we have made for them, which is a bit sad or
1: good depending on how we behave. <laughs> what we do with it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's important to you about success? Successful well, to me, personally,
2: it is just leading a happy life where you find your purpose and you can assist people to to find their purpose and generally make the world a better place so that when you die, you could think to yourself, well, hey, this world is a better place for me being here. Yeah, living an impact. There's a lot of very wealthy people who I think would find it hard to actually say that, you know, they've, they've been so focused on making their own personal wealth and their own personal power that while they've got a lot of power, have they made the world a better place? Possibly not. You don't really know.
1: Got to leave that uh, impact, you know, on the world. Yeah. Definitely. And what is important to you about being congruent through your journey on your purpose?
0: Sounds like we just got in a lift. (laughs) 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 I promise we don't. We're not.
1: (laughs) Cheap airfares for somewhere it would be. Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Um, Well, congruency to me is a tool to assist me to get the things I want in my life. It is just a way of behaving that is going to get results and lead to a better outcome than being incongruent. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. It's not fun being incongruent. <laughs> so what is your favourite thing when it comes to empowering others to live a congruent and successful lives?
2: It's really hard to say. I mean, I think sometimes where you can have some just conversations with someone and, and through the conversation that people see a, a possibility for themselves that they hadn't seen before that... Um, that's quite rewarding. I mean, in the final analysis, but everyone is responsible for their own future. And we can assist them or in, in many ways, but it's eventually them that has to make the decision and do the work to get themselves there. Um, but it's always good if, when you see someone that you have known and they are going down that path to improving their life.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. And when you were young, what did you want to be? Oh, an astronaut, doesn't everyone? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it sounds amazing, Yeah. I'd love to go travel to planets. Yes, um, but like so many things in life, um, it was
2: a great thing as a child, but uh, it was not particularly achievable as an adult, so yeah.
1: And who has influenced your journey to this day? Oh,
2: so many people. It's just... I, I couldn't pick a one because there's just so many. And I mean, sometimes you can just pick up a little minor thing which can have a very big impact on your life. So yeah, no, I I couldn't really... Pick of anyone because there's just so many.
1: Yeah, yeah a bit of a collective. Uh, oh
2: collective yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you read books on, written by this person and that person, and it all sort of mixes together, and then you come up with your own version. That's probably a, a mixture of what enormous numbers of people have said in that.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Would you agree that your body merely follows your mind's directions?
2: Yeah, I would. I mean, I mean, the placebo effect is a classic example of that. People, you you tell them this drug is going to do something to them. They take it and they have reactions to it, but in fact, it was there was nothing in it. it was just, just a sugar pill. <laughs> it was just their mind. I mean, how far that leads and what the human mind is capable of changing the body, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, the mind does, in fact, control the body in many ways. And this is a good and a bad thing, because if we have negative things about it, thing. think thoughts about our body um then our body is going to react in a negative way on the other hand if we're positive towards our body and what our body is capable of um we would also respond in a positive way yeah brilliant i Uh, might
0: be able to lift up that caravan out the front after all (laughs) (laughs) just work on the mindset (laughs)
2: On the mindset, and the truth is, the problem is you've got to one hundred percent believe that you can. As long as there's any doubt, doubt. it without. Without As long as there's no doubt in there, that's the problem. The the one percent of doubt that gets
1: in the way. That little voice. (laughs) That's
0: right. So, when you coach Gary, how often do you use your own personal experiences to direct your your team members that you're coaching?
2: Sometimes. I do, but you've you've got to be very careful with using your own experience because sometimes then you're projecting your things onto your the participants, and a lot of times with coaching, I think the big thing is actually listening to actually listen to the person, and when mm. when they do something and say, well, how do you think of that? What's your you know you might ask them a the question, they answer, and they say, well, what would you say about your answer? And it's amazing how many times they come up with sort of things that you would have said, but. They're the ones that have said it, not you, which is so much more moving for them. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. And can you give us a snapshot of how important your word is when you're creating or manifesting your life? When you're creating your life.
2: Oh, okay. Well here's the classic one of mine that doesn't work. I'm always saying I'm going to clean my house but I always find excuses not to do it and, and that's a classic of incongruency you know instead of I prefer to think of it as being spontaneous because something comes up that's more important to do and I'll spontaneously do that rather than clean <laughs> it but the reality is it's just an excuse to get out and doing what I don't want to do so yeah
0: sounds like you're pretty much human being <laughs> yes and what are some defense mechanisms you see when you're outgrowing your goals or you're setting new goals that are just humongous what are some defense mechanisms your body does or your mind does to try and take you out of the game
2: my popular one is my mind seems that it just won't stop it just keeps yabbering in my ear (laughs) look at (laughs) that over there look at that there what's that over there i think we could do better i'm bored here let's do something else i'm just it's just like i've got a little kid in my head running around (laughs) are we almost there (laughs) dad um so and then when that doesn't work then the, the old faithful is Oh, I think I'll just make him go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And what do you think about comparison? This is one of my favorite questions. <laughs> what do you think about comparison?
2: Seems a good way to um to really beat yourself up because usually we find <laughs> someone really good to compare ourselves to and we never compare it. But but the problem is when we compare it, we only compare ourselves to probably the good side of them we see um, and think. Well, why aren't I like that? But perhaps when we're not watching them, they're they're more like us and not so together and always in action. Yeah, I mean, and when you're comparing, yeah, I mean the problem is you're probably comparing to yourself to a met your mental. Picture of what that person is, which is probably not that much related to who they actually really are, anyway. So yeah,
0: it's pretty accurate.
2: Yeah.
0: Would you agree with the statement that the meaning of your communication is the response that you get
2: from it? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, the classic one is if you go up to someone and be nasty to them, why are you surprised when they're nasty back to you? So, <laughs> so yeah, um, and that's and that's a really powerful one when someone's coming and speaking to you the way you want. You think, well, how, how have I treated them? to elicit this sort of um, response for them. Because in the final analysis, we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. And then they will react to us how they want to react to us. So in the final thing, we all have to just work on ourselves and transform ourselves yeah it's
0: all we can do
1: yeah would you agree that the most of the time people just make the best choices that are available to them at the time
2: yeah well we all make the best choice on the available evidence at the point of time bearing in mind the filters that we're viewing the issue through and and our own personal things like many times we we make the best decision that involves the least work so yeah the 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 best easy decision whereas sometimes what we need is the best hard decision but yeah instead of cutting corners (laughs) And we can all go back with hindsight. We can all be perfect. That's the bottom line, isn't it? We can all see how the decision we've made has went wrong. But when we do that, we usually we think, oh, if I'd said this. But then when we do the, we're working at the if I said this. We look at the perfect thing where everything had went according to plan, nothing had went wrong. That's really just being a bit silly because what was to say if we'd made that decision, everything would have went perfect. It could have turned out bigger mess than the decision we already got. <laughs> so, so you know, trying to compare with if I'd done this or if I'd done that is Probably a bit of a dangerous thing and gets us into some... Stuck on a
1: Ferris wheel, <laughs> where for Yeah, going around
2: the a loop, yeah. <laughs> we end up spending the whole time thinking, should I do this, should I do that? And, and in reality, sometimes you don't need a perfect plan, you just need a plan and action.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. agree with you there. Yeah. <laughs> and do you feel if you change your minds, you can change your results in life? Oh,
2: yeah, definitely, because that comes back to the mind-body thing again. The mind has a big impact on everything on ourselves, our people around us, how they treat us. When I change myself, people will view me differently. So, yeah, that's a thing a lot of people don't like, but they don't like, to, they don't like the responsibility that perhaps we're responsible for how people are treating us. It's also much easier to blame someone else and not have to accept the responsibility <laughs> on ourselves. Yeah. But, the, but the good part of accepting responsibility is once we re- accept that we are responsible, we can change it. Whereas when someone else is responsible, I can't change you. So I've got no control over the situation. So, yeah.
1: You
0: gain power.
1: Yeah. 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 Take that responsibility for yourself. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. So is there any further statements you'd like to make, maybe on the position of the world (laughs) when it comes to power or anything else that you can think of?
2: I would just like people to take a more open view of it and see if they can get some information because there's so many people out there who have got a vested interest you know like I mean there's the whole coal-fired power station people who've got carbon sequestration but I think it's a bit like as far as I know no one has actually proved that it will work anywhere Mm. Um, and it's a lot to pin the future of our planet on a technology that That we actually don't even know exists it's great and technology will improve and there'll be improvements in lots of areas of technology but we really shouldn't base the future of our our society on on a technology that doesn't exist like nuclear power i mean i know people hate it and and there's chernobyl and three mile island and fukushima but when you consider the impact it's had on life even though it was bad and there were a lot of people who died with it coal-fired power stations a little-known fact is that Coal-fired power stations give off more radiation than a nuclear power station. Wow. Because coal has very minute quantities of um, radioactive material, and when you burn it by the thousands and thousands of tonnes and send it up that chimney into the, into the air, there's all that fallout from those, you know, people that live around these coal-fired power stations. They have, you know, chronic lung diseases and problems from breathing, high mercury. Mercury's another thing, there's a lot of mercury in the thing, so that these power stations put a lot of mercury into the air. Now, they have got equipment to get some of it out, um, and in some places it's better than others. But the point is with nuclear is that it's a, a technology we have, and if it's run properly, it has zero emissions, and that's something that you can't say about gas or coal-fired. Or yeah. So I think it would be good for people to, to think more about that rather than just be scared by the fact that there has been some, some bad accidents in the past.
1: Yeah. Go off a future, not a past-based experience. Yeah, and and,
2: and, it, and while it may not be the perfect power source, it is stuff that we have available. And, and it might only need to, to bridge the gap for 10 or 20 years until some other technology comes along that, that is the perfect technology. Yeah. But we can only use what we've got. And while wind and solar and tidal are, are all valid arguments and they all do produce an impact, they all generally have a have a downfall. Um, like solar for example doesn't work at night and if you live up near right up the north or in the south poles where the hours of sunlight are, are quite short it's a very limited use in those regions so you need something for those areas so we need a, a solution that's different technologies for different places and yeah different environments
1: mm, and to talking. be open
2: to it not get just railroaded by interest groups that are trying to promote one technology or the other that you know there's a lot of information out there if you want to chase it down that Gives you a bit of an unbiased view. Great. Thank
0: you. Where do you go for that information, Gary?
2: Uh oh, just on the internet, I mean Reddit. Um, <laughs> I just find it in other things. I read financial documents and they have rundowns on technology and give it there, you know, you environmental sites um
0: bloomberg and stuff like that
2: yeah bloomberg i mean all everywhere has it if you just keep an eye out for it when you see something about it read it rather than think oh i don't need to know about that um
0: get interested in our planet
2: yeah get interested we in our only planet. got the one for yeah that. <laughs> we're not going to destroy the planet it'll be here forever but but the bottom line is we may make it to a place that really isn't really conducive to us having a good life on um mm. so yeah the planet will outlast us by a millions of years yeah no <laughs>
0: doubt Thanks, Gary. Thanks for coming over and recording this with us today and being so open in your communication with all of our unusual questions.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was good. Thank you. Yeah, interesting. Thanks, guys. Going to end it up there and stay tuned to episode five. Bye. Bye. Bye.